So tonight I'd like to <clears throat> continue with a second of a, a series of three talks. Um, some of you heard the one last week, some of you not. Um, so these three talks are uh, reflections around the teaching of the three characteristics of experience, anicca, dukkha, anatta. And last week we were touching on the area of uh, in anicca, impermanence, and this quality or aspect of all con- conditioned experience phenomena to be fleeting, changing. And this week I'd like to focus on the the dukkha of experience. (laughs) Yeah, great, huh? Okay, good, okay. How can I get out of here now? (laughs) Um, Yeah, Mm. (laughs) hmm. And so next week, you can guess what's going to be. So we'll leave that for next week. But the, they're really all so connected, aren't they? And I want to share, begin by sharing a little, little by way of a little bit of recap or connecting with what what happened last week. But this teaching from the Buddha, where he would sometimes teach. Um, about these three aspects of experience, the, the, the changing, fleeting, unstable nature and the, 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 the uh, unreliable or the unsatisfactory aspect of experience and the anatta, the ownerlessness of experience, one might, one might put it, the, uh, the absence of any solid sort of central self-existing thing and he would teach them together and so I wanted to share this again uh, and maybe we can just you know as always with these reflections please feel free to let it go in one ear and out the other without conflict struggle or harm um but also just listening maybe for some words or reflections or teachings that may resonate, may, may meet you in a helpful way, may fold in in a helpful way to your own thread of practice, your own uh, journey, your own unfolding. Because you know, in a, well, I guess any retreat really, there's you know, 29 retreats happening, you know. So just... Yeah, I want to really honour and respect that. So here's the Buddha. Um, and I'm going to use the Pali words just to make it somehow we can hold our own sense of what they, what they mean, maybe. Um, and I'll change one word as well to make it more inclusive, hopefully. Practitioners, form is impermanent. Sorry, anicca. What is anicca is dukkha. 
What is dukkha is anatta. What is anatta should be seen as it really is with correct wisdom thus. This is not mine. This I am not. This is not myself. When one sees thus as it really is, with correct wisdom, the mind becomes dispassionate and is liberated from the taints by non-clinging. And so it goes on through the different elements of experience as described in the five aggregates. It's just such a yeah, beautiful, uh, concise sense of this liberating way of seeing, way of under- understanding. So in this talk I'd like to... Um, open up a bit maybe what this word dukkha means and some different aspects of that and and, and um, but before that again I'd like to recap a little bit what I shared from um, Rob Babea um, about the nature of insight and just as one helpful perhaps definition just to help kind of orientate us to sort of the area of practice that we're we're looking at and this is in his book in the library that's seeing that that frees so you can look at that if you want but yeah so let's just this is insight meditation after all so (laughs) maybe good to revisit occasionally like what is that what are we inciting into or what does that what does that mean Uh, insight is any realization understanding a way of seeing that brings to any degree a dissolution of or decrease in dukkha so I really like that as a concise definition and obviously is a good kind of preamble to talking about dukkha because yeah like what are we talking what is decreasing or dissolving so um he also adds some important points um which i think are very helpful that insight is not a certain experience we need to attain i think this is a very common understandable temptation or you know like something something we can get you know then we've got it and then we can move on or you know then everything will be all right so yeah sort of tend tendency to objectify or commodify such a strong uh yeah aspect of of our tendencies isn't it to yeah, see, see that it's something, and it's something we've got to get. I think it's also really important to remember that this insight or this way of seeing or understanding can manifest in a really wide range of ways. So, these three that the Buddha's offering here are three of the sort of key uh, ways of seeing, but there are 
you know, many other, many other ways that can manifest. And probably you all know this very well, the whole, in a way, range of of insight. There's moments of realisation, you know, big and small and personal and universal. And that's so beautiful, you know, that when I'm listening to you, you know, when we have our conversations, I'm I'm hearing lots of dukkha, you know, we'll we'll talk about what that is, but, you know, the, the... difficulty we could say and then but I also hear all this yeah the seeing and the understanding and the moments of illumination and some things that are very very hard to put into words but are you know something you've perceived very directly and that's another quality of insight that Rob really emphasizes is that it's it's um it's experiential or perceivable you know, to us, to an, an individual practitioner. So, so, yeah, so um, all those good ideas about what, what we might see and understand, but if it remains at the level of something we're thinking about, we, we're, not, we're not in the realm of what actually decreases dukkha. We? Maybe you've had those sorts of um, understandings where, you know, you you understand or see something, and you can really you you really understand and experience how how it affects dukkha, how it how it diminishes or undermines that. Yeah. So summed up by him as any seeing that frees. So. We see how, like last week, we were talking about, you know, the the seeing, feeling directly, the fleetingness of of our direct experience, and 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 also we talked about um, reflecting, you know, recollecting or even thinking about a little bit, not too much, <laughs> um, but very important the 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 realities or the experience of aging, of sickness, of death and loss and and how that also is a way of of um helping to bring us more fully into the present. And we realise that um yeah, fleeting, kind of uncertain, you know, we don't know any moment that could be our last kind of bringing us right here right here and now and and what um what that can do to really invite us to to be present and to to yeah to uh keep learning how how that deepens and how that um brings ease freedom in our life So, what is dukkha? I mean, we could spend a whole year on that, couldn't we? Just, just that. Um, what is dukkha? And I, I while I was reflecting on this, um, I felt like it was important I, I f- just to pause and maybe invite you just to take a few moments maybe to consider... 
your understanding of that, your sense of, do you, you know, do you know directly that experience? What does it feel like? How do you, how do you recognize that? Do we, do we, do we really know that in, in our experience and, and in our life? This is, um, you know, and, and also somehow today I was really touched by talking with people and realizing this sense of shared humanity, a shared experience of this, because I was, truth be told, pretty grumpy this morning. I was not in very good <laughs> mood at all. <laughs> Big confession. Um, and then it was so, it was just so, it was such a teaching. I just, person after person coming in and sharing so beautifully and so honestly, honestly and tenderly. And, 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 and just by the end of the morning, I felt like I was back in the human race. You know, I was like, oh, I belong. <laughs> that this sort of way of this reflection on how everybody you know, everybody in this room and and everybody outside this room and all beings, you know, and the turkeys and the rabbits and we, we, that there is this, however we want to understand dukkha, just to take that word difficulty, you know, this is, you know, and sometimes I feel like for some of us, maybe a lot of people here who've been at this for quite a while, feel like we shouldn't have any difficulty anymore. (laughs) It's not funny, really. I don't know why I'm laughing. (laughs) But it is kind of funny. Um, (laughs) I mean, you know, it's it's back to the this the four noble truths in the Buddha. You know, parts of the Buddha's genius are saying, like, you know, this is this is part of our our life, and so um, you know, here's our practice. You know, so um, it's so practical. It's so, and 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 that sense of how um, you know what a teacher it is, isn't it? I mean, I often feel like without some dukkha around, I'm just like you know snoozing away through life. <laughs> Something wakes you up as is awake. You know, um, so yeah. I I just I wanted to honour both the individual sort of dukkha difficulty and uh, as well as the the loveliness and the and the insight and the and just how uh, yeah what to say just letting it be our our teacher rather than our enemy And I also wanted to pause for a moment, maybe thinking of others, maybe particular individuals we know or groups of people or some aspect of the great collective suffering in the world and just maybe hold a being, a particular being or group of beings in mind just for a moment or a few moments with that sense of, again, this this commonality of of, of difficulty of suffering and distress that's so um, shared by all beings or or maybe yeah beyond what we can really know and how again it it just as you wish but my sense is the sort of 
offering and the dedication of our practice to um, strengthen our capacity to to be present to that suffering wherever it may manifest and however it may manifest with a growing sense of 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 wisdom and compassion and groundedness um, so yeah may this this time together this evening and all of our practice be um, yeah if it's helpful to you considered in in the light of that much larger predicament and how each one of us can through our work through our practice be uh, a contributing could contributory factor in the alleviation of suffering and the ending of suffering yeah so so I'd like to to talk a bit about um, okay here we go I think this is something I'm still trying to understand but this seems to me helpful and uh, this is some one of the ways I've been thinking about this 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 week is dukkha as a characteristic so again as we're focusing on this and and sometimes you know you hear all these different translations of this word right and different aspects and I often think well what is it really what's and so so let's see if I can share this rather imperfect (laughs) understanding and image but I've, I've been finding it helpful so so if if we, it's some sense of dukkha as this big log it's like a log and of course it's like made, so it's it's a log made up of the aggregates say and one end of it is the cool end and it's dukkha as unsatisfactoriness and then the other end of the log is the hot end it's the burning end of dukkha as, if you like, the the other side of craving, the the uh, mm, the not seeing, not being in touch with, not being in alignment with the the, the truth of the unsatisfactoriness um, that maybe pushing away the un- the unsatisfactoriness or grasping grasping at something, trying to make it more satisfactory. Can you hear the energy of craving, clinging coming up there? Yeah, so so this is, I hope this makes some sense to other people other than me, but that that is something, like if we can, so this the Buddha's teaching is like, if, if, encouraging us, if we can, as part of our practice, learn to really open to the unsatisfactory nature of phenomena of experience that has a profoundly undermining quality of of an undermining of the 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 processes of craving doesn't it i mean that maybe this is totally obvious to everybody but um (laughs) this is something like these two these two facets or aspects of dukkha so dukkha is unsatisfactory this quality of experience that it's it it can't satisfy so so 
so you can also hear like the connection with craving is thirst. Slightly different, but you know, that sense of the relationship with how things are, or that sense of our experience, like it's just never quite, you know, quite right or it's incomplete, or even if it's great, it's unreliable. So this is the dukkha as the, the like a, you know, an effect of impermanence, isn't it? It's, it's unreliable because it's impermanent, as the Buddha is saying. It's like, it's so... And, and, and the tendency, which, again, is, is pointed out in the teachings, and, and we know in our own experience, our tendency is to misperceive or to misunderstand or just in a very um, you know, very subtle way or very obvious, very gross ways, we keep thinking or acting as if. Maybe when we see, if you, are, if you ask me, no, no, I know that that's, never, that's, that's not going to satisfy, but then what do I do? You know? <laughs> I act as if. It does, or it could. I think this is so. This is so interesting. So this is a. So the training, isn't it? It's always this training to to the possibility. And I'll I'll share a bit that comes from Rob's book about practices that we can do to help play a bit and explore what it's like to to see to practice seeing. You know, not just wait for the insights to arise, but to practice seeing. Yeah, and, you know, so in the in the Caroline Laboratory this week, um, <laughs> some experiments have been being made um, <laughs> around this, and just seeing what kind of what kind of words or you know, just and, and noticing the effect. So interesting. So maybe you've you've tried doing this unsatisfactory. Um, unreliable, insecure, that's been, that's felt quite helpful, um, or imperfect, just even as a little note that you keep, you could just drop it in. And I think this is, you know, whether it's pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I was noticing just a sort of very slight subtle moment I was doing doing some walking meditation outside and you know the sun was beginning to go down and there was this and I was really noticing how it's like you know walk past that bit I could feel that sense of ooh, (laughs) I'm just like wanting to you know the mind being drawn that way and just being able to kind of gently note something you know hi it's not it's yeah it's 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 passing. It's it's not gonna. What do I think? What do I think that's gonna? You know, do. What am I gonna get? <laughs> really, it's kind of when you question it. Like, so I'm gonna turn around and I'm gonna look at the sunset, and my whole life is gonna be perfect for a moment. You know, it's again, it's that pull, a very subtle pull of craving, isn't it? I just think that's a great example. And if you practice like this sometimes, walking around and just holding your focal point very steady here and then just noticing, like, you know, that sort of what the mind decides it really needs to go off and look at. 
So this is very subtle, but to me this is very, this is very much, very much part of this kind of this practice. We might sit and notice, you know, we could apply it to a particular area of experience. So this is very similar to what we were doing last week with with impermanence. Is is feeling um, sensations in the body, maybe through scanning or just opening to the whole thing and. Like, what's it like? This is also feels to me very helpful where you, you're noticing, you, you're noting any, any sensation, whether it's pleasant or unpleasant or neutral. Just going, um, mm-hmm, yeah, not going to do it. Mm-hmm, like, <laughs> not really able to provide a home. You know, you might come up with your own word or phrase or. Um, it's gonna go, or that that feels good, but just, 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 just very um, again light, light. Not lots of thinking, but just maybe that could help us through the range of vedana, through the range of pleasant, unpleasant, and neutral feeling to begin to get this sense of what Rob calls holy disinterest, which I think is from a Christian tradition, but we might also, I don't know if he would say it's dispassion, or viraga, there begins to be this, we can sense if we're seeing it all as not quite able to, you know, make us happy forever, that, that there can be this sort of, again, maybe cooler, relationship it's still a relationship it's still in touch but it's not yeah it's not it's not so uh active not so prone to um proliferation and craving and clinging we might sense the totality of our experience you know and this is probably something you will practice at times and it's um maybe kind of really goes with that sense of feeling or noticing that that the impermanence the changing nature of whatever is sort of presenting itself in in the field of our experience um and how um hmm Maybe I'll just read this. It's a teaching from Ajahn Amaro. And, and maybe while I'm reading it, if you want to, or just having a sense of what's it like to feel, to notice any aspect of your experience, you know, hearing, sensing, thinking, whatever it is, with that sense of it's just not, it's not... It's not graspable because it's impermanent, right? Not reliable because it's impermanent, it's changing. Just getting a taste of that or a whiff of that. So he said, um, let the heart rest in the quality of knowing, of simply observing. Feel the flow of the patterns of experience. Let go of the content let go of the stories, just witness it all, 
know it all as patterns of nature taking shape, arising, changing, fading. Just be that spacious knowing that embraces it all, welcomes it all in, as if the heart were breathing every moment in, knowing it, letting it go, breathing it out. That's so beautiful. As if the heart were breathing in every moment, knowing it, letting it go, and breathing it out. Maybe that sense of imperfect, you know, how many of us, this week I think I've heard from several people, this, this perfectionism thing, you know, oh dear. What is, so maybe, you know, that, that could be a helpful maybe word or note to, to use at times if you take up this practice of imperfect. You know, it's uh, perfectly imperfect. I think this comes up so much, doesn't it, in our relationship with our meditation practice. And, you know, and how many of us, you know, get caught up in this, um, this striving, this uh, sense of wishing or wanting or believing that our experience or practice should be perfect. And again, you know, intellectually we might know how crazy that sounds, but it's like that's what we're doing. So again, that, 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 that possibility of at times just this gentle correction, you know, it's the way metta works with harshness and ill will. So it's that sort of replacement principle. So we can, we can help to, to kind of incline the mind towards this other kind of perception, this other understanding and see see what that does, see what the effect is always with with our experience in an immediate way and also ongoing. Ah, you know, we, we, we you might find that um I I certainly have with this some relatively immediate sense of the easing up of the experience, a sort of sense some some sense of letting go with with, with that reflection. So something to something to explore, if you wish. So I wanted to explore a little bit about the other end of the log, the craving end. Um, and one way of maybe inquiring a little bit, um, and again this week, for some reason, a, a really helpful question was, um, what's bothering me? So maybe I don't know if a bother is another word for dukkha or something. But again, you know, you, our hearts and minds are well, somewhat idiosyncratic. And, and it was such a helpful question. And there was, I actually wrote down a list of things that were bothering me. I won't bother you with them. Um, but actually, <laughs> you have your own. Um, that it was so helpful actually to name them. 
because it sort of exposed, you know, so like I, I named one and I said, well, how is that manifesting right now? And then I could, I could see how, oh, oh uh, yeah, it's just that. Um, and all the, the sort of sense of it being this big problem and I didn't you know, and it's like it just wasn't there. I know it's not always that nice, but anyway, sometimes. <laughs> How am I relating to that? I just maybe I should give one particular example. Um, so, um, okay, yeah, let's feeling an ache in the body, right? So, I know, very common experience, different kinds, different parts of the body, different intensities and so on. But So I could really see in that moment when I was, when I asked that question, what's bothering me? It was like this image of that part of my body and then there was this felt sense of a slight throb or sort of tension. And then I could really see in that moment there was no problem. I could sort of feel that almost that in just in the time it took to ask the question, the craving was gently nudged out of the way. Of course, it came back. And yes, there is a problem. You know, so what is bothering me? And and just it was really interesting because it just seemed to open that space of seeing ah, there's something here, and seeing it just as that sensation and the image seemed to be that seemed to be an important part of it because I think that often where the suffering the craving and the you know the reactivity is is really getting going is the um is actually we're relating to the image or the idea of something you check it out because often if we're just with the the as close as we can intimate as we can get with the actual physical sensation that is different that somehow there's more, yeah, that's so interesting to me. I, I, I come back to this again and again of how what we're, what we're craving or what we're clinging to even is not the thing itself, it's the idea of it, right? But just, that's, and again, just a moment of seeing that is so liberating, so helpful, so freeing. So we're we're looking, aren't we, for for just nothing, you know, big final fireworks necessarily, but these small but very significant moments and we're learning. Oh look, that way of seeing that just or that just it just shifts the experience and the significance of that, you know, the difference between then something being really, you know, difficult and you're struggling and going back and forth, and then, oh, it's just unpleasant. Ah, right. So this is dukkha as a noble truth. So these are these two aspects of dukkha, hoping to highlight, and that it is possible not to suffer because of unsatisfactoriness. Hmm? Hmm. Wow. <laughs> hmm. Is this what the Buddha's saying? Is this why he's inviting us to really see for ourselves? I find this very exciting. It's very interesting. It's, this feels very like and it brings it right down to this moment, doesn't it? And again that sort of 
in the immediacy of our experience and what other what helps us to get to this sense of being able to be present with the unsatisfactoriness of phenomena of experience but it's 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 as a not as a depressing thing you know so that's really interesting. It can really go that way, isn't it? Yeah, everything's unsatisfying. Oh, God, yeah. Why bother? Just give up. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Buddha. But what, what makes the difference then where it's actually a kind of... There's something joyful, almost, sort of something... Ah, yeah. Here's the unsatisfactoriness. Yeah, it's definitely unsatisfactory. Definitely. Yep. No denying that. (laughs) And it is possible not to suffer because of it. And the ennobling nature of that, of, 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 of maybe times, moments, you know, areas of our life where we we realise that we just it, we 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 see it sort of intimately and immediately and and as a shift as a shift that can can always happen. Yeah. So so when when we so so we can we can practice with the that end that sort of hot end of the dukkha log. So Rob gives some suggestion about this. Um, where we can actually feel, recognize the feeling of, of, of craving, push-pull, I think is, yeah, that, you know, some aspect of that. Getting to know that, as I said really near the beginning, and feeling it in the body, bodily contraction, or a, more subtly maybe a, a, like, a, like a shrinking of... of uh, awareness or the energy body or yeah that's like that or of a preoccupation right so a kind of a kind of that trapped thought sort of you know loop, looping so then so then there these are some suggestions again ways that we can actually meet the the experience of the of the craving of the the pushing and the pulling and feeling the manifestations of that in the body and the mind and the heart and how you know and it feels like and I don't know about how this is for you but the really primary and the thing almost the last thing we really want to do is to just be with it like how do you do that (laughs) and and that's I know it, it's it's simple but not easy. It's that to bring again, that's what we're training, isn't it? We're developing the power of the mindfulness and the samadhi and the the stability and the faith and the, all these factors to simply allow us to be present with that steadiness and clarity. And again, we're allowing things to arise and pass. We're allowing things to be seen as unsatisfactory or unsatisfying and not able to provide us with any lasting security or happiness. Ah, beginning to taste the different kind of happiness 
or peacefulness of abiding, you could say, in awareness of this more and more with and more and more of the mm, different elements of mental, physical experience. It is just, it is this, it is just this. And how um, the spaciousness and the sense of allowing, really allowing our experience. And I think this is so, such an interesting thing isn't it where you you're caught in reactivity and like what it takes through I don't know kindness sometimes I think it just needs another human being to talk to about this sometimes are you you just make that shift to oh come right okay can I allow 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 and I don't know about you but for me this has been a very important word in my practice Allowing or allow, and and the and and that sense of how it counters, or it just kind of goes in the opposite direction from so much of the conditioning to um, want to not allow, shouldn't be. Yeah. So again, it's a training, isn't it? It's a sort of inclining the mind in some of these other ways. Right. Oh, okay. So, um, I want to share um, a poem by Mark Nepo. Having loved enough and lost enough, I am no longer searching, just opening. No longer trying to make sense of pain, but being a soft and sturdy home into which real things can land. These are the irritations that rub into a pearl. So we can talk a while, but then we must listen, the way rocks listen to the sea. And we can churn at all the things gone wrong. But then we must lay all distraction down and water every living seed. I'll put that on the board. It's really beautiful. So we can talk a while, but then we must listen. The way rocks listen to the sea. And we can churn at all the things gone wrong. But then we must lay all distraction down and water every living seed. So for me, I think any contemplation of Dukkha comes comes around to compassion. And um, so that's where I'd like to offer um, a, a chant, a compassion chant. And invite you to join 
in if you would like, but also really feel completely free to just listen. The way rocks listen to the sea. And this is a Kuan Yin chant, so the image, the Bodhisattva of Compassion statue that we have here. It's, um, it's a, a blessing from her, a blessing to us.
Thank you for being here for your practice. Let's close our evening together by sharing the blessings, by chanting the reflection on the sharing of the blessings. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.